This is where the theme tune goes, but I haven't written it yet. Hello, I'm Marnie. Welcome to the first episode of Marnie Talks. This episode is titled, If I actually allowed myself to create everything I felt moved to create, I would probably be a much happier and healthier person. So catchy. Thank you so much for joining me. Fair warning, recording this show might make me cry because the topics will be close to home. I'm also more emotional when I'm tired and last night was the Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. I am tired. A few notes. I'm sorry if the sound quality isn't what you're used to from this medium. I live on a busy road under a flight path and I'm recording this quickly on my phone before I lose my nerve. A friend recently gave me a microphone and I will learn how to use it properly and also how to edit audio properly, but today I just wanted to get this done. This can be the charmingly lo-fi first episode that I later look back on with fondness and some embarrassment. Honestly, I was sick of being the girl who cried podcast, so here we are. In terms of content, I'm going to be discussing my myriad but intertwined mental health issues, which include generalized anxiety disorder and intrusive thoughts, depression and binge eating disorder, possibly either post-traumatic stress disorder or complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and body dysmorphia. I think that's everything. I will also be talking about climate change and my associated eco-anxiety. I won't cover all of this fun stuff today though, and it won't be all bad, I promise. The primary focus of Marnie Talks is my recovery. Having said that, to talk about my recovery, I have to talk about what I'm recovering from. I've wanted to create this show for a long while, but for various reasons, I wasn't sure I would ever make it happen. I struggle with overthinking, and right now is a particularly emotional time in my life. I'm coming to terms with a recent breakup, and that's been a big thing to contend with. I am grieving, and it's hard. My parents are also recently separated, and that's been challenging and sad and draining. Couple that with work stress and what's been happening in my country recently, and yeah... Uh, The prospect of recording and editing and even merely explaining my backstory was daunting. I felt overwhelmed and exhausted at the very idea. It might not surprise you to hear that I was overthinking doing this at all. Despite many kind words from encouraging friends, I'd started to doubt myself and the whole concept. I lost sight of my original intentions. Why did I want to create my own podcast again? Was it just an excuse to talk about myself and stroke my inflated performer's ego? Was it simply an attempt to start developing a public profile? That one is probably at least partially true. I am an artist. I'm a singer, a writer, and a poet with big dreams. I want a public profile. I want my work to be known, and I want to be known for my work. I struggle with self-hatred, and I have for a long time. 
What started as low self-esteem in childhood took a turn for the terrifying when, at 22 years old, I had a traumatic experience involving intrusive thoughts. One awful night almost derailed my entire life. The inside of my own head had suddenly become an unbearable place to be, and I didn't know how to cope. At 24, I developed binge eating disorder in response to this trauma. It served a purpose, however warped, as all eating disorders do, but it added to my burden. As I was self-harming through food, the self-hatred was my constant companion. For about 10 years, I hated myself so much that I didn't know how long I could continue to stand it. I didn't know how much longer I could stand to be myself. It's nowhere near that bad now, and I am so grateful. I have come a really, really, really long way. I think it's safe to say I'm back from the brink. I am so grateful that I am alive and have the support of the people I love. I am so fortunate that I've been able to access the psychological first aid I've needed to get to this point of healing, and I have needed a lot of it. I am so glad that I am still here and I have the chance to work through these things. I am trying to be glad even for my challenges because they have built my character and helped me grow, and they show me where work still needs to be done. But despite all this healing, the hateful part of me still exists. It is ever-present. I am working to accept and even welcome it. Presumably, it serves a purpose. I don't know. Anyway, I'm trying every day to love my enemy, but it is vicious and it is vocal. It was disgusted with me for even daring to think that I could carry my own show. Disgusted with me for having the nerve to think other people might actually want to hear and could possibly benefit from listening to my anxious and self-involved ramblings. Disgusted that I might think I have anything at all of value to say. It's still disgusted. How dare I blunder on like a fool and embarrass us? How dare I exhibit this flagrant display of self-belief? Despite its many protestations, I'm doing this anyway. Apart from the mess in my own head to give me second thoughts, there's the mess in the world to worry about. And I do worry, even though I know it achieves nothing. What with climate change and an increasingly frightening political and literal landscape in this country alone, surely society had other far more important topics at hand than some random white woman's insecurities and hang-ups. Maybe, I thought, it would be better for everyone if I just trod on this little concept and tried to kill the urge entirely. That way, I could avoid embarrassment and exposure I might later deeply regret. So, I have duly and dutifully tried to stifle the desire to open up so publicly about this stuff, much like I have tried to stifle a lot of my creative urges in the past 20 or so years. 
Strangely enough, self-hatred and creativity do not play well together. But I come back to this episode's title. If I actually allowed myself to create everything I felt moved to create, I would probably be a much happier and healthier person. Time for some context. In terms of my modes of artistic expression, I consider myself first and foremost a singer. Singing for other people is my favorite thing to do. It is one of the reasons I was put on this earth. But I also love dressmaking, even though I'm still pretty much a beginner. I love it because I love clothing. I love the creative possibilities of fashion. I love self-expression through personal style. Being able to make my own clothes feels like a license to print money. It's almost too good to be true. My maternal grandmother gave me a sewing machine for my 21st birthday, and that machine and I have been through a lot together. We have moved continents and back. We have made very dodgy garments and less dodgy garments and even some quite respectable garments. We have broken needles and broken through some of my many self-imposed mental barriers together. We have created things. Learning to sew is one of the best things I've ever done. I've been collecting fabric and patterns for about 20 years, largely from secondhand shops. I have all the materials and tools I need for sewing, and I have so many ideas. But all this potential is overwhelming and even frightening to me on some level. I want to be sewing prolifically, but my brain hasn't let me do that yet. And this inability is quite devastating. Much more about that later. I want to talk about these things I struggle with in the hope that articulating them to an audience will help me move through them. I've had lots of therapy. I've done a fair bit of reading although obviously one could always read more. I do the journaling and try to get my exercise and meditation in. I've been on antidepressants for half my life and I'm still pretty stuck, so I'm going public. I have a personal motto for therapy. Go deep, get ugly. That will apply here too. Here I won't go quite so deep, of course, but it won't be just the tip... Oh my god, a sex trip. I'm tired of uh, holding myself back, but I feel sort of creatively paralyzed and too scared to build the life I want. I hope this podcast can become part of the scaffolding that will help me renovate the life I already have and make it work better for me. If I'm creatively constipated, maybe this show can act as the laxative I need to get things moving. Stick with me and be patient, and if we're lucky, my shit will go everywhere. And if I start creating and sharing the shit that I feel compelled to create and share, maybe it will become less shit. I suspect the only way out is through. On a recent Saturday, I headed for Reverse Garbage here in Sydney, which is in the next suburb, to do some fabric shopping. Reverse Garbage is a community creative reuse centre. Picture a massive warehouse full of donated stuff going cheap. Craft supplies, old banners, trophies, books, shop mannequins, decorations, 
parade and event paraphernalia, broken picture frames and plastic doohickeys and bottle tops and furniture and building materials and bits and bobs. This stock is random but mostly good quality, donated by businesses and organisations with no use for it anymore. Once I bought a marble lamp with a silk lampshade there for two bucks. It was filthy, but it was marble. You never know what you'll find at Reverse Garbage, and I love it. I'd been looking forward to this trip all week. I wanted to pick up some nice fabric to make an outfit for a sewing social evening called Frocktails that's coming up, uh, and I was keen to see what the secondhand gods would deliver. I mentioned before that I love fashion, but I do not love what it is doing to the planet. I'm trying as much as possible to love fashion while also taking care of the world and its people. So, in I walked on this Saturday afternoon. The Grease Megamix was playing over the stereo and shoppers were meandering and I was reminded why Reverse Garbage is one of my favourite places in this city. I spent a very satisfying 30 minutes cramming a filler bag with as much assorted crepe and jersey, cotton, scrappy silk and lycra offcuts as it could possibly hold. I selected a whole roll of shimmery pink organza to experiment with. But soon after, as I was happily browsing, bag in hand, I felt the old fear rise up within me and make me stiffen. My mind was full of ideas for all that fabric, and I was terrified. As if I could make those things I was envisioning. As if. I couldn't. I couldn't. And that is why I needed to create this podcast, that fear. It's not that my ideas are too big for me. I know they're not. My ideas are a perfect fit. The garments I want to sew are all within my means and skill level. It's simply a case of brain says no. I'd love to try to make a shirt, but my brain won't let me. Collars, cuffs, plackets, too hard. Too scary. This is despite me knowing logically that the technical aspect is not beyond me. I have never been able to sew without fear. There has always been hesitation and overthinking. When I got my sewing machine as that 21 year old, I was pretty much too scared to use it at all. Not because I was afraid of messing up. Um, and that's not why I'm too scared now either, even though I do have perfectionist tendencies. It's just because the potential happiness seems too big. A terrifying prospect. Easy, easier to, just to block that option off from the get-go. There are so many reasons for this fear. Um, many of them have to do with my family and what runs in my blood. Uh, many more of them have to do with my trauma. Trauma provokes a fight, flight, freeze or fawn response in people. And I have been frozen in a way since I was 22 years old. Um, I have been to hell and back inside my own head. And it has affected my ability to get on and do things. And not just sewing, but lots of things. It has affected me down to the way I read books and watch TV. I am so tired of feeling this way. I am so angry that my brain works like this or doesn't work like this. 
I'm furious at myself for wasting so much of my precious life. I think about all the years gone by and I feel slightly ill. And I'm ashamed. I feel like such a terrible failure. I am angry that I can't just get over my bullshit and do what I want to do. I have compassion for the fearful parts of me and I can recognize how far I've come, but my God, I am angry. I'm going to turn 35 in September. Like everyone else, I'm not getting any younger. I want to make more of my ideas a reality and I can't seem to do it on my own. I'm getting there, slowly, and I've sown more this year already than I ever have. That's still not much, mind you. But I hope sharing in this way will help the process along. It's worth a try. Trauma recovery is challenging. It is a tempestuous beast, a shapeshifter. I find myself turning inwards even as I reach outwards. Like a flower both blossoming and rewinding into a bud at the same time. I want to share and open and soar and feel and live, but I want to shrink and hide and dissolve and flee and vanish. I have so much to say about my recovery from trauma and much more to learn. I expect it will be my teacher as long as I live. I have felt burdened by the desire to tell my whole story today and express it perfectly, lest I be judged and thought of as self-involved and ungrateful. I have felt the importance of expressing not only my rage, but also my joy. I have wanted to temper my pain with the butterfly lightness of hope, to sprinkle sugar about the place to counteract where things are black and bitter. These efforts aren't forced though. Life is light and shade and so is recovery. I want to explore and talk about the light as well as the shade. On that note, I'm going to share a Mardi Gras Facebook post I wrote yesterday, but ultimately deleted. This Mardi Gras is a melancholy one for me. In 2018, I attended the event for the first time. I marched in the parade with my beautiful big queer choir and then went to the official after party wearing by shadow and Barbies in a compromising position on my head. The whole experience was novel and exciting and I was proud and grateful to be able to celebrate an important part of my identity in such a way for the first time. It was a big deal for a shy girl like me who discovered her bisexuality a bit later in life. Last year, I was overseas during the festivities, but the wonderful woman I was dating sent me pictures and updates from the parade. This year, we are no longer together, as of reasonably recently, and the occasion is coloured with a rainbow sense of loss. It feels strange. This is a special time to celebrate the queer community, and I do, and I will, of course, but it's also a time we can celebrate our own sexuality. Sure, great. I'm unhappily single, insecure and awkward. No one cares about my sexuality. My ex was the first woman I seriously dated 
and the first woman I loved in a romantic way. She was also the first person I loved romantically in about eight years, almost all of which I spent struggling with severe depression. She and I shared so much together, and I learned so much about myself with her. I was proud to finally be confident enough to date a woman, but much more importantly, I was proud to be dating her. Beautiful, sensitive, smart, sweet, funny, her. I miss her very much, and a part of me is very angry that things have turned out this way, even though our breakup was my decision. I didn't end things because I wanted to, but because I felt I had to. I am grateful to everyone who has supported me through this and patiently listened to me talk about how I feel and how much I have cried. Today I shopped for a bum bag on Oxford Street along the parade route. I was unsuccessful, but I still had a nice time. The sun was shining in a brilliant blue sky, the music was pumping and excited sparkly types were everywhere. Obviously, Mardi Gras is about much more than my feelings and my love life. I haven't had enough sleep and that always affects my mood. I just had a cry and... Now I'm going to try to have a nap. This evening I will go where the night takes me and try to be grateful for my pain. I hurt because I love and to love is a privilege. Not sure if Happy Mardi Gras really fits here after I've probably just been a massive downer and I'm not really sure what the point of all this was, but truly, Happy Mardi Gras. I hope it's fun and full of love. So that was the post. I think that's almost enough for episode one. Thank you for coming to my Mardi Talks. I have much more to say and I hope you'll join me again. Over time, I'll go into more detail about my past and share more about what I'm working on and what I want to achieve. I'm going to finish with some quotes from the most important person in my life, me. I posted this on Instagram on December 4 last year when the bushfire smoke in Sydney was really bad and I was very frightened. I feel so conflicted about trying to heal and recover and focus on my creativity when the country is burning, the planet is in jeopardy, and lives are at risk. Who cares if I sew myself a new dress when the ice caps are melting? What does it matter if I ever conquer my stage fright if we can't even breathe the air anymore? Today I asked my psychologist about it. Together, we reasoned that art adds flavour and meaning to life. As humans, even in crisis, we band together and we create. She encouraged me to channel these conflicted feelings into my art. Happily, the fuel of feelings is actually sustainable. I am practicing allowing myself to create. Realizing my potential as an artist can only be a good thing. It will make me a happier, more fulfilled and more peaceful person. I suspect it will make me a more engaged citizen and activist. In these troubling times, perhaps more than ever, make sure you allow yourself to do what you love.
I wrote that and I do believe it but I have to remind myself of the truth of it constantly when the depressed part of me protests that my creative aspirations are stupid and vapid and pointless. Underneath all that, my inner, wiser, true self does believe it, and I'm really going to try. And I posted this on Facebook on December 30. I want to do so much more writing next year. I want to be brave, perhaps braver than I've ever been and really extend myself and put myself and my work out there. I'd like to connect with people and share what I'm learning and heal and grow and talk about things. I want to tell more of my story and also help save the world. Again, thank you for listening. Be good to yourselves.